Today we're going to hear from Sula, a design coordinator at Construction London and South, and Simon, a pre-construction manager at Construction Central South. Sula will give us an update on how they are going about at inception stage on achieving net zero carbon buildings in operation. And Simon will give us a run through of what they've done to date, including their challenges for delivering the first Wilmot Dixon net zero carbon in operation for a development in Wiltshire Council. The project is Silverwood School, North Wiltshire. Hi Sula, thank you for joining the What's the Big Idea first podcast. Please tell us about yourself. Hi Rachel, thank you for having me. Um, so I'm a design coordinator working from the London and South Construction Office and I've been with the business for five years. Um, I actually stumbled across the design coordinator role whilst studying for H&D in construction. I was working for a retirement housing organisation at the time, but I've always had a keen interest in the built environment and design. Since working with Wilmot Dixon, I have predominantly worked on projects in the education sector, more recently on residential projects. That sounds really interesting. Do you feel that sustainability is a driver for construction projects to date? Um, sadly not. I, I, Briam has been the main driver for sustainable design and is the thing that everybody breathes a sigh of relief when it's not uh, a project requirement. But when it's applied, I think it's very rewarding. Um, on one of my previous projects, there was a Briam very good target, which we achieved. But we also went above and beyond the ecology credits and entered the project into the Syria Big Biodiversity Challenge competition of which we were shortlisted for, for an award out of possible 60 applicants, which was which was really great. Um, but can you believe that we were the only Wilmot Dixon project to enter the competition? Oh, wow. So we know that the Now or Never strategy was released last year. What were your first thoughts on the strategy? For me, it was really refreshing. Um, it's good to see that there's a new mindset that not only focuses on brilliant buildings, but also leading by example with our own LCO behaviours and also ecology and wellbeing, but not only for our people, but also the communities that we serve. Um, it's a really exciting journey that we're about to embark on, but we'll need everyone's resolve to get there. There's, there's a lot of work to do. So as a design coordinator, how do you think the now or never strategy will directly impact you? In pre-construction, I think it's something that will need to be implemented from very early doors at project inception, particularly when you think about the reduction in embodied carbon, as this may change fi like fundamental design principles such as your, your frame choice. Um, the net zero carbon operation is one that will significantly shape our buildings moving forward, I feel. And finally, the designing out waste, which isn't just about designing to brick dimensions and adopting a just-in-time approach, to deliveries. For me, it's also about ethical construction. It's about using as much recycled content in our projects, specifically specifying recycled products, utilising demolition waste as hardcore, creating interesting landscape with site spoil. It's also about designing with a future in mind and building in flexibility and recycling as many materials as we can from site, whether this is to registered companies or local education establishment. So you mentioned net zero carbon in operation there. Um, what is your understanding and what do you think it means to us at Wilmot Dixon? 
Well, this is defined by the Green Building Council as a net zero carbon building is highly energy efficient and powered from on-site and or off-site renewable energy sources with any remaining carbon balance offset. To me, it is as much about generating renewable on-site energy as it is about increasing the building performance and reducing the required consumption. But it's also about educating the end users and giving them tools to understand their usage and how their behaviour can help reduce, sorry, reduce their carbon footprint. And what it means to Wilmore Dixon, um, it's to challenge the status quo and ensure that all behaviours change across a business from project inception right through to project completion. That's really interesting. I'd love to know more. So what is your approach to net zero operational carbon? at Construction London and South. Okay, so members of the design department have formed a cohort and together we have created a net zero carbon operation project book. So the book is split into three different sectors, uh, residential, commercial and schools, and it allows project teams to provide the customer with a route to net zero carbon operation, uh, which in turn meets our 2021 target. The project book allows you to do this by recording the current building performance against the LETI targets and allows you to propose design solutions that can be implemented at choice by the customer to achieve net zero carbon operation. You mentioned the LETI targets there. Could you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so LETI are a group of construction professional volunteers who have joined forces to try and define a route to net zero carbon operation. So within the document, they have a, they have set U-value, air tightness, energy usage and window ratio targets. Um, at the moment, the targets have been taken on face value. So we're in the process of ratifying these by applying the LETI targets to two existing Wilmot Dixon projects and running energy performance models on them. Um, so this, we're, we're looking forward to the results. We understand you're at the inception stage here. So could you share some of your aspirations for the next 10 years with this ambition? I would love for every project to have a dismantling plan rather than a demolition plan, which, contain, which contains predetermined destinations for each component to either be reused or recycled. That to me is the utopia. What is your ultimate hope for the next 10 years for designing with sustainability in mind? I hope it becomes second nature to everyone and that it's not something that's considered a hindrance. And I hope that as an industry, we make noticeable steps to protecting our planet. And if you could leave the listeners with one takeaway at this stage, what would it be? A quote from Robin Swan, who wrote, the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. Hi, Simon. Thank you for joining the What's the Big Idea first podcast. Please tell us about yourself. Hi, Rachel. Um, OK, my name's Simon Wake. I am a pre-construction manager for Central South, uh, Wilma Dixon. Um, I joined Wilmot about two and a half years ago. Um, I was head of design um, up until June last year. Um, that was my sort of my my starting role of the business, and then um, I, during the course of that year, I was sort of moved into a lot more sort of pre-construction manager type relationship with our customers on a couple of projects to try and move those projects forward and um, um, 
the, the business developed that role formally um, and myself and a colleague have, have, have picked up those slots. Um, prior to that, I'm, I'm an architect by trade. Um, been you know, architect for over 20 years and was a, was also customer side. Um, I, was, I was a customer of Wilmot Dixon's prior to moving across. Um, so I, I guess I came to the business with both a customer and a consultant mindset. Um, so it's been been a fantastic, interesting journey. I've learned a lot, still learning a lot every day. Um, worked on uh, lots of uh, very sustainably focused projects. And I've completed a couple of Brown Excellent projects in the past. From Sula's view on now or never strategy, interested to hear what your first thoughts are on the strategy. I think it's great to, to see Wilmot Dixon leading from the front. It's great. Uh, with, with its now or never strategy, it's a great differentiator. Um, it sets some stretching targets for us, um, but it's also a clear route map of of how we're going to get there. Um, I think the the approach has been welcomed with open arms by many of our customers, um, but others, I think we we I suppose it's fair to say we're going to need to support them to ensure that they fully embrace um, the approach that we're taking. So it becomes a shared approach. We're keen to hear about your approach and challenges towards developing the first Wilmot Dixon's net zero carbon in operation for Silverwood School. Let's start with your approach for the school and how you went about this with Wiltshire Council. Keen to understand what the main drivers were. So the Silverwood School project started life as North Wiltshire Special School um, and it's the outcome of a, a review by Wiltshire of the SEND provision in um, the, the north of, um, of, of, of their um, council area. Probably started about five years ago um, and the project wasn't conceived as net zero um, at, at the outset, um, but it became a clear requirement in the tender documents to us following the council's climate emergency declaration. It's a very beautiful site in the grounds of a listed building on the edge of an area of outstanding natural beauty with very diverse and protected ecology. Um, the site house the, the site already houses uh, 150 uh, pupils special school, um, which will be expanded to 350 pupils um, when the project's complete. So making it one of the largest special schools in the country. The net zero target feels particularly appropriate for such a sensitive site um, and we've we're also having to deliver the project with a very tight budget. Our track record in delivering very sustainable buildings was, was certainly a contributing factor um, to us being selected through the tendering process. We're working with the customer team um, through from RBA stage one, so a great opportunity to get in right at the beginning of the project. It's given us an unparalleled opportunity to shape the direction of the project right from its outset. So we heard from Sula that they were following the Letty compliance and using UKGBC net zero carbon approach. Is there anything else to consider? And could you tell us more about how you went about this? Yes, we started with a very similar approach um, as Sula. We recommended Letty compliance using the UKGBC net zero carbon approach. Um, and in discussion with our customer, initially investigated a passive house approach to uh, as, as part of the way to achieve this. In its broadest terms, we set out to minimise the energy use with a fabric first approach. We estimated our, well, we're estimating our carbon emissions as accurate as we can using TM54 modelling. 
Um, and we're offsetting predicted carbon emissions as far as we can um, with local energy, um, with, with local energy, um, low energy technology. Um, and as, as a, an inherent principle, trying to avoid the need for any offsetting of carbon emissions at the end of the project for, for the customer. So working with our customer, we developed the project ambitions further, supporting them on an additional funding bid to try and decarbonise the whole site, including the listed buildings with their oil fired boilers. Unfortunately, this bid had to be dropped ultimately due to oversubscription of the funding scheme that was being targeted and rather surprisingly insufficient capacity in the local electrical um, network infrastructure, um, which was required to power the significant ground source heat pump array and cater for the, the energy that would be fed back into the grid from the PV when the school was closed. The funding and site constraints also resulted in us having to move away from the passive house approach, um, which ultimately wasn't a customer driver. So you mentioned some challenges there. How have you overcome them? Well, with a with a huge cost and an even more devastating potential delay to upgrade the devices area electrical network. Unfortunately, we had to rule out heat pumps as a heating solution, um, which which presented us a real dilemma um, because the the area also didn't have a gas infrastructure that we could use. Um, so we had a straight up choice between heating solution using oil or or one of biomass. Now, oil was never going to be an acceptable option. And as the school already has biomass or a biomass boiler on its site, um, that became um, effectively our only real option to to continue with a net zero approach. So additional biomass boilers became a key part of our strategy and we've carried on with a significant amount of um, PV solar panels. Um, we've also moved to a cross laminated timber construction, which we've long felt would be well suited to our site and building typology, whilst also reducing our embodied carbon. That leads on very nicely to the next question, that we know that net zero carbon buildings in operation will also meet some of our other targets. Can you explain a bit more? Yes, absolutely. It, it certainly helps um, very much with our, our now or never strategy. Um, and the TM54 modelling I mentioned earlier is also a key part of our energy synergy approach. So we built that into our, our tender. Again, a key differentiator for us, um, the aim being to accurately predict the building's actual operational energy usage. Um, we've also submitted a community PV offer to Wiltshire Council. Um, what that does is it it provides uh, the, the PV upfront as part of the building project at no capital cost to the customer. Um, and it then leaves them with a, a, a PV array which is generating electricity at a very attractive buyback rate. In fact, as as far as we know, um, cheaper than the electricity that they're currently procuring. So they get a, a better energy price and they get the PV paid for them. So it's hopefully a win-win. If you could leave the listener with three tips for a successful project whilst meeting this target to date, what would they be? I mean, it's really important that all parties understand the, the, the language, the drivers and the requirements for, for net zero um, carbon. It's really important that there's a clear strategy um, for compliance, again, right from the beginning, so that 
all team members have got a clear technical uh, or a clear understanding of the technical standards that everybody's driving to or driving out and working to and I suppose as I've just outlined as well it's really important that everybody is part of the team is proactive flexible and determined because some projects like ours will have challenges to a straightforward compliance and there will be bumps in the road that, that you have to uh, uh, work around and um, and find creative solutions to. Thank you so much for your time today Simon. Good luck with Silverwood School and we're keen to hear the update on the project once it starts. Thanks Rachel. I think you'll agree with me that both Sula and Simon were very insightful today and I enjoyed speaking to both of them about their progress in how construction London and South and Central and South are on their net zero carbon journeys. A few key takeaways to summarise on today's podcast were to truly understand your customer, to be flexible where possible and to agree an approach to meet your desired target, whether that's through Letty targets, UKGBC or other methods. There are likely to be some challenges along the way. However, it is all about thinking and doing things differently. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today and tune in for next month for more. Thank you.